0: Welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. 24-7
1: Twenty-four-seven sports college football podcast. Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, Barton. It's uh, we are tearing through our conference previews. We have gotten through most of uh, our Ole Miss Hugh Freeze uh, digging in. I mean, I, I kind of feel like we might have uh, some some even more fun, juicy stuff coming out later. But I I want to say that that we we gave Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss a good a good. Uh, a good talking to in our last episode. So if you didn't yeah. tune in, <laughs> then make sure you do because uh, we had to let them know who's who and what's what.
0: Yeah, I, I apologize to the the Big Ten West fans that wanted just a big healthy chunk of Big Ten talk and had to get some SEC action thrown in their face <laughs> right right off the jump. But uh, you know we, we had to we had to dig into the Hugh Free stuff a little bit. Um, and Chip, you know what? Like it's a good thing we're coming to a close of these preview stuff and the win total over unders and the conference previews because this week, my friend Friday, well, there may even be some practice going on right now, but the pads start popping and the, the actual on field competition takes place and and it won't be long before we can finally actually start digging into what's emerging from fall camp and, and position battles and, and who's making the splash and, and winning starting jobs and all that fun stuff. so, um, it, it's going to just pick up from here.
1: I think Starkville, I think Mississippi State might be one of the first teams out. Um, I don't know. I just want to say uh, for any any players that are listening, uh, as I always remind college football fans, players, and people around the community, uh, stay hydrated. It's hot. it's hot out there, y'all. It's, uh, don't Don't try and be a tough guy. Don't be afraid to take that water break. When, when, hey, at Yale, did y'all have hot uh, fall camp? What was the temperature like? It's hot everywhere.
0: Uh, This time of year, it's hot everywhere. It was, yeah, we were, um, you know, we were in the, I actually loved fall camp because it was like there was no one else on campus, just the football team, and you kind of feel like you're just hunkered down, uh, grinding, feeling like you're sort of doing something no one else is doing, and and you're, you're staying in the dorms that are empty and they're hot, and you got to bring your fan, and you know you're sleeping with the windows open, just trying to get some oxygen. It's uh, to me, it's a grind, but I loved it, and I'm I'm kind of jealous of these guys that are out here getting after it right now because it's as hard as it is. There, there's something really satisfying about a good two a days grind and and getting ready for college football season.
1: No doubt, and uh, and look, I've talked to coaches before. It is. It's one of the only times where they get to, uh, you you know, when they get to deal with these players where they don't have the – uh, they don't have the, all of their friends, you know. All the all the other yeah. things outside. You don't have your class schedule that you're worrying about. It's just all football all the time, man. It's uh, all football, all football. Yeah. All right. So today's topic, today's uh, big breakdown. Uh, we're gonna start big picture with the Big Ten. We will get to all of our Big Ten East uh, previews via our win total predictions. But I want to come back to uh, a comment that you made on an earlier episode. It sent me diving into the twenty four seven sports database where one of your the cover three column which Barton Simmons does taking taking a good look at uh, some some of the big picture topics from around the land and Earlier this month, uh, we did the, the the spin around, what is the best conference in college football? Now, we are recording this on Wednesday uh, with the Big Ten Media Days has just been going on. Jim Harbaugh obeying his own dress code, barking QB signals, <laughs> lots of good hashtag viral, hashtag content coming from there. But the thing that stood out to me in terms of conference supremacy uh, was a, a question that was asked to Jim Delaney, and it wasn't even his response as much as as it was, uh, the way the question was framed and the way that it set the tone for the conversation because Jim Delaney was asked if he thought the Big Ten had closed the gap on the SEC. Now, the ACC, as we just talked about it uh, in the ACC preview, the ACC coaches, man, they were crowing. They were talking ACC, best in the land, best this, best that, Uh, and no one even really mentioned the SEC outside of Jimbo Fisher, Um, but I, I tell you what, this is a... This tells me, Barton, that the national perception is that the Big Ten definitively is not only behind the SEC, but you know, barring a, an unbelievable season on the field because they had a great season in 2016, but there's still a lot of room to make up before they're going to be able to hit where I know you believe they are right now as uh, one of the best conferences in college football.
0: Well, we're all so programmed to think SEC, SEC, and and for so long because all the national titles have been going to SEC. The way LSU and Auburn and Alabama have dominated, uh, you know, when Florida was dominating back in the Urban Meyer run. I mean, there, there's there's a reason why the SEC has built up this kind of equity. But to me, and and honestly, this is an important year for the Big Ten. We're going to run through this this Big Ten East, which in my opinion, maybe the best division in college football probably is.
1: The best? Uh,
0: yeah, I think so. they got three national title contenders in there, in, in Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Uh, there's no other division that can sniff that. And so um, I, I think that this is an important year, though, for the Big Ten to to really, I think, prove that they are – that 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 conference because uh, honestly the SEC has has left the door open uh, in in recent years and and frankly this could be the year the SEC sort of regain some of that dominance because we talked about the SEC already but the the quarterback play has a chance to be so good that I really think it could elevate the whole conference and so um, I, I think the SEC across the board is going to be improved so so can. Can can the Big Ten also be improved? I, I I said it in that column. Yeah, I said that Big Ten is the best conference in college football because I think there's four national title contenders in the conference, and and it's a deep conference, and you know I, I just think there's not a lot of holes in it. But but really, I think the 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 main reason why the Big Ten, and I said this really probably two years ago, that the Big Ten is sort of a buy stock, like they're 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 an up they're a conference with an upper trajectory because of their coaching hires.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean does does any conference of college football have a, a set of head coaches that you th- have more faith in that you would trade for the group that the Big 10 has?
1: I mean that's just and I, I would say uh I would say the Big Ten East, especially, you know, when you like I know Michigan State's struggling right now, but I think Mark D'Antonio is just a fantastic football coach. Like absolutely just one of my favorites when we do our coaching rankings, even though Michigan State is struggling and sliding back a little bit in terms of their overall trajectory. Uh, I, I still end up probably ranking Mark D'Antonio a little bit too high just because uh, I think he's really, really good at what he does. James Franklin. Uh, you know, Jim Har. Like you went from uh Joe Paterno slash Tom Bradley to James Franklin. You went from Jim Trussell slash uh Fickle to Urban Meyer. You went from Brady bleeping Hoke (laughs) to Jim Harbaugh. Like you want to talk about uh just across the board upgrades. You know what I'm saying? Just like the the invest there were smart investments i mean we could add paul chris to that list at wisconsin i um, mean even
0: randy edsel to dj durkin is a is a I oh think a goodness gracious
1: <laughs> yeah you know? yeah and, and, absolutely and pat,
0: pat fitzgerald is one of absolutely the i mean if if there's any job in america that comes open i don't care if it's alabama florida state usc whatever pat fitzgerald should be in the consideration for any job that comes open. I mean, he's he's one of the best in college football. He just doesn't get talked about as much because he's over there in Northwestern, uh, and and they've got some limitations in sort of the 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 way that they're able to to recruit and and their their ceiling is a little bit more limited. But he's a hell of a coach. You know, PJ Fleck, I think, upgrades at, M- at Minnesota. Kirk Ferentz. We we you know we've talked about how much we like Jeff Brom at Purdue. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's the all-star conference from a head coaching perspective.
1: Mm. I mean, like I wanted to, I will not put the SEC's coaches against it. No, Hell not no. for sure. Oh no. yeah. That, and that's the problem with the SEC right now is how
0: many coaches that conference are we really, do we, do we really feel confident about? Are we really sure about, and you got Nick Saban, um, you know, I, I think Dan Mullen has proven that he's, he's the real deal and beyond that there's questions everywhere and well you yeah you
1: you said that you know argue dan mullen is in that conversation for the second best coach in the sec and like from a thirty thousand foot view uh the sec given the flagship programs in the southeast that it has the number two coach shouldn't be at mississippi state <laughs> that's a great point. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, why,
0: why hasn't he gotten out of Starkville? That's that's the mystery of me. Um but yeah, I and 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 I mean look in the East. I mean who who in the East in the SEC has proven anything? I think Jim McElwain is in some ways gets a bad rap because he's look, he's won the East. And and what else does the guy need to do? Uh, but I don't think you're gonna trade him for like even like would would Wisconsin, Northwestern, Iowa um, Michigan State I mean any of these sort of uh, second tier Big Ten you know quality teams trade their coach for Jim McElwain no like, I, I don't think they would
1: I agree I don't think they would I like it, I. I think that there might even be some Florida fans who would trade uh, Jim McElwain for James Franklin I I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I don't know about James Franklin, but uh, you know, just the idea being that uh, I just um, yeah, I'll I'll take the big uh, ACC coaches. I was think I was running through it in my head, um, and I'm probably just biased there because I've, I've I've like I can listen to Steve Adazio talk all day. Uh you know I'm I'm well, giving way no too argument there. I'm, I'm giving way, way too there. much credit to coaches <laughs> that aren't necessarily posting the big win totals. Uh but you know there's also a lot of coaches in the ACC that are that are a couple of years behind the SEC. Remember the SEC made the, a lot of those big hires especially in the SEC West all within like a year or two or year three of each other and now that's why we're seeing them all come up around being on the hot seat at the same time. Uh you know I think that Depending on what happens in the coming years, uh, you know you've got uh, you've got coaches like a Mark Richt, you've got coaches like a Dave Claussen, uh you've got some guys in the ACC as well that you know might not be far behind in terms of like all of a sudden you're looking at that conference too and being like, mm, Big Ten's got them, and maybe even right now.
0: Well, and also I think like that that's a great point. I mean, I, I think the Big Ten is at the point now, heading into this season, where some of those hires that we were excited about whether it was Mike Riley whether it's DJ Durkin um, you know lovey Smith uh, who's who hadn't done much yet but but you, you know he's been to a Super Bowl I mean some of those hires now have matured to where you think look this is a year where the big Ten really shouldn't have any holes like they should have a conference where top to bottom the the hires should have time to to, to, to settle in and, and get their system in place and um, I mean franklin sort of matured a year early uh paul christ is certainly ready to roll i mean this is there's just very few weaknesses in this conference if if some of those guys like like the marylands and minnesotas step up to the plate this fall
1: all right well then let's start right there at the top um like ohio state national championship contender young just like and not young in a bad way, but like young in a way where all of a sudden uh, you're looking around and you're seeing a lot of names that have been rotation players and have been very, very good rotation players that are going to be out there, uh, just creating all kinds of havoc. J.T. Barrett being your, your like steady presence under center, the, a manageable schedule, they've got that last game at Michigan. But they've got Penn State at home. Oh man, you've got let's see an offensive line with like I don't know, man. They got two like every almost everyone on the offensive line has been like a two-year starter. Fantastic yeah. defensive line. Like this is this is an Ohio State team that I feel pretty comfortable. Like if 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 Alabama, Ohio State are not in the college football playoff then the college football playoff is missing the two best teams in college football. Yeah.
0: Most talented for sure. Yeah. I, I I mean, this is a sick roster. Like this is a, and, and the teams that find a way to really dominate on Saturdays to me are typically the teams that have a dominant defensive line. And man, this Ohio state group on the defensive line is so good there. I mean, they probably got eight deep with NFL legit NFL draft picks on the defensive line and um, I mean their best defensive lineman Nick Bosa isn't even necessarily a projected starter right I mean he he could he could be their best player Um, you know and and uh, I I just think this is going to be such a tough team to move the football on Denzel Ward is going to step in as like the next potential first round draft pick for Kerry Coombs just a stupid defensive backfield that they keep on churning out NFL guys with um, you know they got Kendall Sheffield coming in, who's who's from the JUCO ranks. Who Alabama, you know, remember he was a former Alabama corner. They liked him. Like they did not. Sometimes those guys get get sort of churned through at Alabama, and and they they move on to the next guy. They would have liked to see Kendall Sheffield stay. He leaves, goes to JUCO, and now he's at Ohio State, and and probably is a starter there. Uh, I mean the defense is just so good, and then on offense. This is what's really interesting to me offensively. So I, I think there's a couple things that stick out to me. One, I mean, JT Barrett, as as experienced and reliable as he is, um, you know, he's not a quarterback talent. That's like an NFL guy to me. Like I mean, he's not, I don't I think agree. he's an I NFL quarterback.
1: I agree, but that's not necessarily needed here, right?
0: agreed agreed and i mean they'll be fine with him um he's and he's so mobile and athletic that he's you know he's like a running back at quarterback in some ways um so their offense is still going to be really uh you know really effective with him but i guess my point in saying that is this team is so talented that i think some of their best players are their backups mm.
1: um
0: you know like like a uh, uh, Joe Burrow and, and Dwayne Haskins probably throw a better deep ball than, than JT Barrett. And, and this is going to be an offense that can, it can throw the ball deep. You know, Kevin Wilson will take shots downfield and wants to. And, so, um, and actually, they've got some receivers that are more fit to do that maybe even than they've had in recent years. You know, They have so many of these like slot former athletes, former quarterbacks um, that, that play in the receiver role for Ohio State. Was Paris and, Campbell
1: a quarterback in high school?
0: He was one of those do it everything type of guys. Yeah, yeah. and I, I like um, Paris
1: Campbell a lot.
0: I do too. And you know what else I love about Paris Campbell? This he's going into his fourth year in college right now. Only twenty years old. He was a seventeen year old freshman. <laughs> so there's some like maturity that's taken place that I think we could see him being one of those really breakout players. Um, but look, Mike Weber, really good back. Good at do- what they do. Getting downhill. But I, I bet you J.K. Dobbins is the better, is a more talented player. And I bet you by midseason he's the more dynamic kid out of the backfield for them. So I say that to say there, there's just so many ways Ohio State's capable of beating you. They don't have to worry about injuries. They don't have to worry about depth. They can wear teams down. This is going to be yeah I mean, this is gonna be a national title favorite right here and their win totals ten and a half. there's no way you can put that total any lower than that yeah uh, i mean it's it's uh i mean this is a if, if, if it's not an 11 win season regular season it'll be a disappointment and um they're gonna be fun to watch they're gonna be really good
1: yeah i'm over like i'm i'm absolutely over like it's, it, I'm going over ten and a half because it's either going to be 12 and Oh, or it's going to be 11 and one.
0: Yeah, it's, I agree. I mean, I I'm over two now. Look, I think they could lose to Oklahoma. They could lose to Penn state. They could lose to Michigan. Uh, and you know, Michigan state's always tricky. So it's not like there's there, there's not losable games on the schedule. Uh, but again, man, I, I just, when you're this talented and when Urban Myers, your coach, that's the other thing here is, is, they've got a coach that has delivered uh, with these sort of expectations. And so I think you got to go over and, you know, uh, this is another team. I haven't made my national title prediction yet, but this is, this is absolutely one you got to get there in the, in the mix and the conversation there.
1: All right. So the Ohio state was the big tens representative in the college football playoff, but they were not the big 10 champions. Uh, the big 10 champions The Penn State Nittany Lions. Now, they bring back Trace McSorley. They bring back Saquon Barkley. Uh, They lose a little bit on the defensive line. We talked about Penn State... Now, uh, interestingly enough, as we were looking at the Heisman discussion, Saquon Barkley, uh, for all of the insane physical attributes and highlights that he has produced, um, you know, just a, a really interesting figure to see what kind of role he plays in that offense, particularly as McSorley continues on the development that we saw from throughout the season. The Penn State over-under is set at 95 now, as the Nittany Lions are tackling that Big Ten East schedule, do you see them being able to ride what essentially was uh, just an absolute heater down the back half of last season?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, this is a team, this is going to be a really good team. I, I think there, there's a couple things. First of all, I got a chance to go out and visit Penn State this spring, and I watched their spring practice. I sat down with a few other coaches, and th- this is – when you sit down and you see the way they're developing and the way they've recruited, you know, early in the season last year, there was even some, and i I'm guilty of it too, but there was some talk like, Hey, is James Franklin even the right fit here? Wow. Um, yeah. they're, you know, they, they, they lose a pit, They got killed by Michigan. And there was a lot of reasons for both of those losses, but the, the, the tenure to that point had been pretty, um, pretty unexciting and but then you, like when you look back in retrospect and obviously hindsight's 2020 20, seeing what they've how they finished but how can you doubt james franklin that quick this is the guy that took vanderbilt to 291 seasons um this is a guy who's who has been proven that he can build a program and they had great talent already in place and they've now they, they and they had to sort of replace a defensive coordinator. They they replace an offensive coordinator, and they figured things out last year. Like Brent Pry got his groove as a play caller defensively. Uh, Joe Moorhead is is one of the best offensive coordinators in college football. Uh, and and now not only are they coming off of that great year last year, but they've they've got a, a personnel that fits perfectly what Joe Moorhead wants to do. Offensive line went from an absolute strength to or a weakness to a strength. They've totally turned that over, and and their their defense is is bought in. There's just a lot to like about this team, and you know I I, I look at their their schedule. You know I think that they're they're a lose to Ohio State, split Michigan, Northwestern is sort of what I look at. Like I think yeah. they lose two games. Um, I think that they're. I could see him go nine, win nine games, but I, I just, it's hard to pick them to, you know, I think I expect 10 and two. Um, and it's, I just think this is a, This is a team that's, that's fun,
1: fun. That's, that's the word. Like I'm, I'm looking out here. uh, You know, you get Deshaun Hamilton back uh, at the wide receiver position and I've heard nothing but incredible things about Juwan Johnson, uh, the six four sophomore wide receiver who apparently just had a ridiculous spring and is just going to add to the, the plethora of, Of options and just to think that uh trace mcsorley for all the gamer type uh performances that he had for him to have all these weapons man like there there aren't a lot of offenses in the big 10 that i can look at and feel confident that they can go out and score 30 and i feel like penn state can go out and score 30
0: yeah so the best offenses in college football all right, so I guess Oklahoma State. I think you put them in there. I agree. Yeah, I think I think Alabama is probably a a, a candidate to be in there with all their talents. Uh, you know, there's a couple others out there. I think Penn State is absolutely in the conversation with best offenses in college football, toughest offense to defend, because and I, I'm telling you what, now, I went out there in spring practice and and Saquon Barkley is. An amazing human being to look at. <laughs> like his legs are enormous. He's got calves that look like fire extinguishers. He's got like and and he's they say he's a four three guy. Like they expect him to run a four three at the combine oh, when he goes
1: out man. next
0: year. And and he's a phenomenal kid. He's a, he's so strong. um He is maybe the best college football player out there. I mean he's a, he's certainly in the conversation. Then you got Trace McSorley. Who is a, a, again, he's probably not an NFL quarterback, but he's a great fit for what Joe Moorhead does because his ability to extend plays. He's got a great sense and feel for where the rush is coming from and, and for getting outside the pocket and, and, and making plays with his legs uh, enough to, to make to make the throw. And so and then you look at his, his options. Uh, they like to throw the ball downfield, and they just happen to have like these six four, six three galloping receivers <laughs> yeah. to hit. Their receiver scores they are all 6'4". Yeah. Every one of them is six four. It's yeah. crazy. And then Mike Kosecki, who's who is a basket, a former basketball player, who's just—he's at the be, you know as good of a jump ball receiver as there is in college football. Um, it, it, there, there's just so many options. And you're right, Jawan Johnson. Look, I, I watched Juwan Johnson in, in high school, and he was a physical specimen. He was as good-looking a, a, a kid from a physical standpoint as anyone in the class. But, man, he fought the football. Like, he, was, he would beat that ball up some when it was coming at him. Not, did not have natural hands. And, and all I heard up at Penn State was how hard this kid has worked on his hands, how much time he spent on the jugs machine. And it's gotten to be so much more natural as a pass catcher, and it's all showing up on the field. So he's going to be an absolute breakout player. Um, you know, this offense is going to be absolutely scary. And, and I think Joe Moorhead's going to be one of the, the real head coaching hot names in college football after this season.
1: Ooh, all right. So you're going over Penn State for nine and a half.
0: Yeah, I can't get myself to get under there. I'm going over.
1: Yeah. All right. Now let's go to Jim Harbaugh and those Michigan Wolverines. At the beginning of our conversation about the Big Ten, uh, I heard you identify Michigan as the third potential national championship contender from the Big Ten. And they've recruited well. So there are dudes, there are a lot. I've like people that I trust who have been out there and seen much more of the guys that are going to come take over because Michigan does not return a lot of starters from last year but the talent certainly is there um I, like the the guys that are cover recruiting you being one of them are excited about Michigan i am struggling to see after a pair of 10-win seasons losing a lot of experience like it it just seems Hard for me to think that an eleven or twelve win season, that a step forward is going to be in the cards here. Can you make me believe it?
0: Well, here's the the only I wouldn't believe it either, if not for the 2014 Ohio State Buckeyes. Ooh, like that was the team that okay. we thought was a year away. We expected them to be. This was the the year that they were going to play all the young guys. They would get experienced, and then 2015 was when they were going to win the national title. But they went ahead and won in 2014. And, and this is a team, again, it's, it, yeah, they don't have the experience. They've only got five returning starters. Uh, but they are talented enough to win a national title because they have recruited really well. They are, um, you know, they're bringing a level of, of skill to the field that everyone's going to have a hard time dealing with. And they got, a, and they got an experienced quarterback coming back. And, and honestly, my biggest hang up with Michigan, frankly, is their quarterback. Um mm. I, I think despite Wilton Spate returning, he is he doesn't inspire confidence.
1: Isn't Brandon Peters kinda on the on the rise right now in terms of a a guy that we could see being um the, the player who's taking snaps sooner rather than later? You
0: know, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to watch. Um Jim Harbaugh at Big Ten Media Day said it's a three way competition. And that was a little bit surprising because Wilton Spade had the job last year. Yeah, and I mean, why not go with the with the experienced hand? But look, when you watch the spring game, and I did watch the the Michigan spring game, it's hard <laughs> it's hard to like Wilton Spade. I mean, it's just hard to really feel like he's a national title quarterback. And if you got a national title talent level, you want that guy that gives you that chance. And and Brandon Peters is that guy from a talent perspective. It's just a matter of whether or not he's. He's ready from a leadership perspective, and I think that that's one of the hangups that Jim Harbaugh has had on him too. Is is when you look at Brandon Peters, he is a personality-wise, and just watching him coming out from high school, he's a he, he's not a rah rah guy. He's a he is a very um reserved kid, a little bit more quiet, uh, goes about his business. He's and, and so I think that that's not necessarily the the prototype that Jim Harbaugh has, has typically worked with. You know, he's, well, he's it's more not, of that. Yeah,
1: it's not Jim Harbaugh.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, ex- exactly. It's not, I mean, I think Jim Harbaugh looks for a version of himself at the quarterback position, and that's not really what Brandon Peters is. So, but, I, you know, so I, I think that those there's that to get over. And then if, but I think from a talent perspective, you know, whether he's ready mentally, whether he's got the system figured out, all that stuff. I, I it's hard to speak to that but from a talent perspective I, I really believe he's a better player than Wilton Spate and so I, I will be interested in just kind of keeping an eye on that quarterback competition I mean hardball called it a competition last year and um didn't he wouldn't last year when he said like we're not going to announce a quarterback until the you know he he runs out on the field first yeah. game yeah you know it, I, I think he, he you know he, they never released a depth chart yeah you know, so there's going to be all kinds of misdirection that we see from him, but it, you know, it, whatever we can gather out of that quarterback competition this fall, I think will be relevant because to me that's the storyline to watch because I think the quarterback's going to be the key to whether this team is a real t- legit Big 10 title contender and, and you know, a, a national title contender as well.
1: I like Chris Evans. I think he can have a good season, but I have serious concerns offensively, not only at the quarterback position, but just there were a lot a lot A lot of balls that were caught by Amar Darbo, uh, Jehu Chesson, and Jake Butt. Like, that trio – like, it's it's the wide receivers and the defensive backfield, which, you know, lose Jabril Peppers. But, man, I think Jordan Lewis, that was just such a key player for them. The defensive line, like, you – we're looking at an over-under a nine right now. Uh, How are you feeling about that? Because I'm thinking, like, I I go push to under – just based on the fact that they, they get Wisconsin on their schedule, and then Ohio State and Penn State, so I'm seeing like nine and three according to how I just have the Big Ten pecking order set up. And like if this was eight and a half as the over under instead of nine, then I would lean to the under. So I'm like at a push under for nine. What are you thinking for the win total for 2017?
0: I don't disagree. I'm at, I'm at a push and and I'm sort of at a push to stay away <laughs> like this I, is, yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're tough to figure out um I I, I mean I think they're going to rely on some young receivers to, to your point um they're I think I do think Chris Evans has got a chance to be a, a, a kind of a big time kid and they've got and he's more of a uh a all-purpose type of back not necessarily like an every down type of body but then they've got Ty Isaac who's 6'3 240 that can can be more of the pounder for them. So I just think they'll be able to figure things out I think their offense at the receiver position, they've got a versatile group. I mean, guys like Eddie McDoom showed up last year as true freshman who, who I think can, could do some things. Donovan people's Jones, a five-star receiver showing up as a true freshman that, that I think is, is, is going to be capable. And then I think, you know, before we get off of Michigan, you got to mention Rashawn Gary. Oh Um, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: He's gonna. I mean, he might be as good as any defensive lineman in the country. His spring game was sick. Like, he was...
1: Are you going to already put him in the same category? Like, for my money, uh, best interior defensive lineman in college football for the 2017 season. The conversation starts with Deron Payne in Alabama and Derek Noddy at Florida State. Oh, Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins.
0: I mean, Rashawn Gary's playing edge at 295 pounds. Oh,
1: what? He's a oh. he's a six five
0: two hundred and ninety five pound edge defender who is is has every bit the athleticism to do it. Um, here's like so I'll, I'll say I'll put it this way: We had Rashawn Gary as the number one player in the country coming out of high school, and despite last year Dexter Lawrence having the year he had, Ed Oliver having the year he had,
1: um, oh, Ed I Oliver. wouldn't put him go back
0: too. and change that ranking. Like I think Rashawn Gary still has a chance to come back and be the number one draft pick out of this class because, I mean, when he was in, there just had just so much other talent on the defensive line last year. When he was in, he flashed. And and I think now that he's going to be an anchor starter and, and, and a foundation on that defense, I think there, there may not be a more impactful defensive lineman in the country than what he's about to do. So so he, along with some of the other young, really talented guys that are about to step into the, the starting roles that, on defense, I think that defense is going to be really good with Don Brown at the helm. So, look, I'm going to stick with my push play and and, and I, just because I still think Penn State and Ohio State are going to be really good, and there's you know they also have to play Wisconsin away. Um, it's I just I can't I can't recommend the over. Uh, so I'll say a push to an under, but I would not be shocked if the over happens at all.
1: All right now this is where in for my money we we take a a big step into a, a strange position, you know like the this is where um you know in the a c c atlantic it's it's tough sledding for Boston College, Wake Forest, and Syracuse you know 'cause you or even you know n c state for that matter, and this is where uh in the Big Ten East, you start looking up and you've got an Indiana team where I don't know if most of college football would recognize Tom Allen in a room. Do you? Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I,
0: mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't good. Know if the rest of college football would recognize much of this Indiana team in a room. Like, honestly,
1: good. Good defensive coordinator. A lot of reason to uh, to be uh, to under to believe that like uh, the the secondary should be pretty good. But for a team that we don't know a ton about, like. The over under is set at six, and they got Mike DeBoard as their offensive coordinator. Like, I, I, man, six feels high, but am I just being judgy about this Indiana team because I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, doesn't six feel I, a little high? I,
0: I definitely understand what you're saying. I do. I, I I get it that this Indiana team is a little bit anonymous all over the place. Um, and and it's hard to get a good read on them and even last year it was hard to really figure out what they were you know are are they you know they 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 played everybody pretty well um you know but they
1: they lose a lot of close
0: games I know and I mean they almost lost to Purdue last year I mean you know I mean they uh, so it's 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 and then early in the year, you know, they, they had that win over Michigan State. And we were like, oh, man, Indiana's the real deal. And then Michigan State goes three and nine. And so it is a little bit hard to get a finger on what this Indiana team is. Are, are, they, are they good or are they just like decisively average? And <laughs> I, I think that – It might be the good. latter. <laughs> so, but, but I'll say – so a couple things that I, I do believe. Like I do as, – as anonymous as Tom Allen might be to the, the average college football fan, I think he's a really good coach, and I think it's, that's a really good hire. And I think he has a lot of respect from other coaches around the country. Um, I think he's a good defensive coordinator, ha, or has been. And and I think you know he's not, but he's not a defensive coordinator strictly. Like he's a, someone I think that is is going to be comfortable in the CEO head coach type of role. And and so I think they're in good shape there. I think they had a good staff when Kevin uh, Wilson got fired. That was, I think I even tweeted. Look, that's this is a disappointing move, or this is, you know, too bad for for Indiana to because this is a really good staff that they're about to disse- dissemble. and uh, and sure enough, like they they hire from within, and and now they're able to keep a bunch of these guys. So uh, I think they're okay on that front, um, but. At the same time, look offensively, they get their quarterback back, who's who's got some ability.
1: Richard Legao
0: threw for over three thousand <laughs> yards last year; like he's not bad. Uh, and and so I think offensively, they'll you know they'll have a chance to move the ball a little bit. But I think this is going to have to be a defensive defensive focused team. Nine starters come back. T. Scales is uh, a, an absolute stat stuffer, who is all over the field at linebacker. They've got a really good defensive backfield. So I, I think this is going to be a team that has to grind out some wins. And I, I don't know. I think this is six fields about what they're going to hit. Uh, can they get the over? I, I don't have a ton of confidence in that. Nope. Uh, but I mean, let's look at their schedule. they got Ohio State loss. I think that they'll probably beat Virginia and FIU. Georgia Southern is tricky. But let's just give them that. So three, three and two at Penn State three and three Michigan at Michigan State at Maryland I think maybe they split those four and four four and five Wisconsin so they gotta win two of Illinois Rutgers Purdue
1: hey that old oaken bucket's a big game
0: is <laughs> <laughs> hey, old Je- it's our boy Jeff Brown our boy first our boy, boy Jeff the,
1: Brown will have that offense humming by the end of the season boy
0: yeah it, so uh, I mean hey I, I think they got a chance to um, I got, they got a chance to win those out too, so they could get they could get to seven. I think they could get to seven, but it's it's um, um, I don't know how much confidence you can have in it though either.
1: Yeah, I'm going pushed to under uh, six and six or five and seven. I I think seven and five is way off the table, but that's because I have um I I've got unusual confidence about Michigan State, and I want to talk about Michigan State first because this is something that I want to see if you saw too. I witnessed as a Michigan state went through uh, a sexual assault investigation that led to the dismissal of multiple players that led to the dismissal of one staff member. I saw a Mark D'Antonio who was visibly shaken in press conferences by what it had done. It seemed like he was even spoke about really doing some soul searching throughout spring practice, it was a major distraction during spring practice. Like it, there. Where do you stand on D'Antonio? Because again, I, I've told you, I, I've gone to some coaching clinics to listen to him speak. Uh, I think that he's a very, very good football coach. The work that he's done over time at Michigan State speaks for itself. And I, I am fascinated to see the way that they respond after a season that was not only a disaster on the field going three and nine, but then a bad offseason off the field. I mean, this seems like a huge, huge moment for Michigan State, where if they're not able uh, to take a step forward, if it's another step back, they might get left behind uh, by the other three teams that I consider the top tier in the Big Ten East, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State.
0: This is a critical year. I mean, this is and I, I don't think it's going to be easy for them to bounce back just effortless. I mean, I think this is going to be a grind to get back to to bowl season. Um, I, I think that Michigan State, this is I mean, this is absolutely um, Mark D'Antonio's sort of this. This is his got to be his finest hour and and.
1: It but, has. To, it, it, that's what. Yeah. It ha, this has to be Mark Dantonio's finest hour as a college football coach.
0: And and I, I don't think Michigan State has necessarily been just sort of a victim of like bad luck with with this these off field issues this past off season. And and I want to be clear. Like so, the J- Josh King, Demetric Vance, Donnie Corley, those guys got in an incident um, off the field with a woman and. That those guys, I don't know that we necessarily saw any red flags with them going to Michigan State, coming out of high school. Austin Robertson, another guy that, that got kicked off the team, uh, we did see red flags with him coming out of high school. In fact, at the Army All-American Bowl, he was going to be in that game. We did not allow him to play in the game based on off-field incidents, but Michigan State still allowed him in their class. Look, Mark D'Antonio has been taking chances – on some rough guys in the past. And and in the past, they've been able to sort of bring them in, bring them into their culture and and make it work. Um, I just think when you do that for a long enough time, sometimes that comes back to bite you. And this one did. And they lost four of the top players in their class that was the highest-rated class Michigan State's ever had. It was the 17th-rated class in the country, and, or at least the highest-rated class under Mark D'Antonio. And then they – Losing those four guys from that class would have retroactively dropped them to 35th in the country wow. in the recruiting rankings. So it's a meaningful hit. Those are all guys that were supposed to take a big step forward this year and be key pieces of the puzzle. Donnie Corley was a, you know, a, a true freshman All American in some in, in, in some people's eyes last year. Um, you know, Josh King was a was a enormous upside kid at defensive end. Austin Robertson w- would have been a, a factor as well. So th- th- those aren't sort of footnotes i mean they they are meaningful losses and i i don't know that i see the bounce back i mean i i just don't know if i see it i i think this is the the total is what six and a half is that what we're thinking
1: yeah we're going six and a half
0: i mean to me this is a six and six team i would take the under i just don't i mean given the way the rest of the conference has has stepped up i do think lj scott is is has got a chance to be pretty special at running back um, I think Tristan Jackson could maybe step in at receiver and 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 be what Donnie Corley was supposed to be. And, you, you know, you figure their defense will will be OK. But I don't know that Brian Lewerke, you know, inspires a ton of confidence in me. And I don't know that when I look at their schedule uh, and and I don't know that I see wins against a Notre Dame. I don't know if I see a win even necessarily against an Iowa team um, or an at Minnesota. I, those to me, are no longer wins that you just sort of put a, put a check in the W column like we used to with Michigan state. And I, I I've got a hard time getting above six and a half. This is, doesn't feel seven and five to me.
1: I think Notre Dame and Iowa uh, are going to be the games that swing it. Like we should know by, by the, like they they will go as double digit underdogs to Michigan on October 7th, probably regardless of their record. But if they're three and one, then I think they can hit this over. If they're two and two, then they're going to be fighting for bowl. Win. They're going to be they're going to be fighting uh, to need to win their last two games to be able to make the postseason. I I ten, uh, mm. Chip Michigan State is
0: number one twenty nine out of one thirty in terms of returning experience. Mm. Uh, I mean, talk about like total starts returning they're they're 129 out of 130 so you're talking about an inexperienced team that comes off a three and nine season I just don't know that the leadership Michigan State's had in the past is on this roster to 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 get it where it wants to be and where it's used to being and I think that they've just hit a lull right now I mean I'm this team was under
1: yeah this team was in the national semifinals like not that long ago Whew. yeah <laughs> college football man that's uh, like all right you've, you've, talk, they, you've so talked you've talked to me went on the, to the other the I,
0: national semifinals what was that 2013
1: 2015
0: oh that was 2000,
1: 2015 that was like so, less yeah. than two years ago it was like they were playing i mean granted they did get blanked 31 nothing but they were playing in the national semifinals against Alabama in January of 2016.
0: Yeah, it's hey. Everybody's got it. Every everyone's day of reckoning is coming. I think Michigan State's is this year.
1: Man, you've talked me to the other side. I was ready to make an argument for seven and five, but good golly, yeah. Look, hey,
0: don't get me wrong. Now, like, I'm not gonna feel great picking the under. Doesn't make me super confident because Mark Dantonio like thrives off this. Like everyone's doubting us, and there, I mean, there's gonna be an ultimate chip on their shoulder this fall. So I'm not over here sort of super confident in it just because of who Michigan State is and what they always seem to do. I just, I'm, I i can't feel confident. Just, in just, just
1: looking at the data. Take that for data. <laughs> um, all right, dag, that's huge, but huge season. Absolutely huge season for the Spartans. All right, let's move it on to DJ Durkin and Maryland. Uh, a team where I think that you are going to see, you're going to see steps forward in terms of just overall the way that things are building. But after going getting to six wins a year ago, you're going to see the win total take a step back. Three and a half is our over under here. Um, you've got like
0: it's a surprisingly low number, though, don't you think? I mean, did, I mean, I know you think they'll you're saying they'll take a step back, but Three and a half? God,
1: I mean, really? I'm, I'm comfortably over. I am too. Yeah. No, it's, I, I think that they are going to be in one of these spots where um, – like the schedules – the, the reason it's a three and a half is because they're going to play at Texas – of course, uh, they draw Northwestern and Wisconsin from the West, and their finish is just absolutely brutal as their November goes Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan at Michigan State, and Penn State to finish. So I I get that it's hard to get up to where you were a year ago at six, but, like, for example, I feel comfortable going over because I think that they're better than Central Florida. Like, are they they are not a top three or top four team in the big Ten east but the, I think that they are better than an upstart scott frost u c f team I think that they are gonna be in a position where they can get that win against Indiana, particularly at home and heck they could even uh you know they could even put a scare in a in a Minnesota or a northwestern but i just or they could beat Michigan State and East Lansing if things are just totally in free fall i just uh i I think that you are gonna see one like. It's just going to be a classic case of year two. It's gonna you are going to see some overall big picture improvements, but maybe not the bowl season this year.
0: Yeah, I, I no, I, I I think we're on the same page here. And and though I mean, I'm I just I'm so surprised to see the three and a half number because they're still return thirteen. You know, they still have I, I think a good running back. They've got some some really good talent at receiver. I mean, I think they can scare some people. Um, look, I I just, and, and they, and to me, the thing, the the reason I'm confident in them is I, I do think this is a really good coaching staff. I think DJ Durkin is a really good coach. I think he assembled a really good staff around him. Um, you know, I mean, JC Jackson coming in here and, and, and is, is became a really good corner. Um, Tino Ellis moving from receiver to corner I think has got a chance to be really good. Jesse Annabonum is is really talented as an edge guy. There's just guys on this roster I like. There's coaches on this coaching staff I think are talented and good. Um, I just think it's an easy play to go just that they'll figure out how to get above three and a half. They may not go to a bowl. Maybe maybe it's a five and seven year, uh, but – it wouldn't shock me either if they figured out how to get to a bowl with this team
1: do you have uh I I feel like I never got to see Caleb Henderson when he was at UNC who do you think ends up playing quarterback for them
0: like I mean they have so they have a ton of quarterbacks I mean I don't know who's going to be the starter I mean Caleb Henderson I guess is, is projected they've got Kasim Hill coming in who's a a true freshman that I'm not sure is ready but he's he's certainly uh, worthy of of getting in the mix for the for the in the competition tyrell pigrome is the kid that played some last year who's about five nine who's just a you know really athletic electric kid who i I think is maybe just enough of a gamer to 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 make things interesting they've just got a bunch of quarterbacks in that room and and uh, i'll be interested to see who ends up winning that job i guess it's caleb henderson is the penciled in guy but Um, And maybe he's the one that gives them the most stability there and and consistency. But I I think guys like TJ or DJ Moore and DJ Turner and and, and even Ty Johnson, I think that there's enough playmakers around them that you don't have to put it all on the quarterback. I I think this is a pretty decent skill group.
1: All right. Uh, And at the bottom of the Big Ten East, you've got Rutgers where uh, Chris Ash you know it was it was chris Ash and d j durkin d j Durkin in from my money, especially uh from his time i first you know his name first popped up as uh, a hot one to watch down at Florida, and then of course he goes on to Michigan gets the job um, at Maryland after being at Michigan. Chris Ash comes from Ohio state was his rise to head coach um like on the same track as DJ Durkin like where where did he sort of come and what is his path like what do you know about the you were just talking about DJ Durkin and that staff at Maryland what what do you know about Chris Ash and what do you see for him moving forward at what is for me like one of the hardest jobs in Power 5 college football both because of uh like what Rutgers has the enormous uh, history, you know, they played against Princeton back in 18-whatever. But, like, <laughs> I mean, when you've, you're, you've got Michigan coming into New Jersey. You've got a lot of people plucking. You're not going to be able to be the state school of New Jersey and p- put up a fence the way that so many coaches like to say. This is a tough, tough job. What do you make of uh, Chris Ash and the staff?
0: Hey, by the way, before we move on from DJ Durkin, did you know that Mike London, who was – you know the former virginia head coach was on their their staff last year at maryland took the head job at howard did that's, you even know that
1: uh i think I, so only because I, I, I like to make jokes that uh the like did you know mike london was a cop <laughs> i felt like that was i felt like for a solid like 2 to 3 years anytime mike london came up somebody would tell me hey did you know mike london was a cop <laughs>
0: that, i did, i didn't know that that's great yeah. uh, but that's i just thought that was interesting i did, i just stumbled across that uh, a week or so ago and didn't even realize it but that's 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 kind of cool that he went and took that job it was probably a paid decrease um just to to try to run a program and 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 bring it back up so I, I don't know I just thought that was interesting kind of cool um, but no I, I think Chris Ash to me like he didn't come to Maryland to, to Rutgers with the same sort of uh pizzazz that that DJ Durkin had and and I don't know whether I just don't know as much about Chris Ash, honestly. I mean, he's been under; he, he's got the Urban Meyer dust sprinkled on him.
1: He's, you know, he, he, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm i with you. Like that's like I I do t- put some like faith or some you know consideration in that, but that's about all I got.
0: You know, and he and he he was at Wisconsin and Arkansas with Belama, um, so. He's. I mean, it's not like he hadn't coached some some really good defenses, um, and he's got Jerry Kill on board now this year as his OC, which I think is is pretty interesting and maybe could um, could give him a, a an extra former head coach just to sort of um, help him along the way and get this thing figured out. I, I just think they have a much bigger task ahead of them as well than than maybe Maryland did, and. This is the one school like on this in this big ten that I just I, I don't know. I mean they were two and ten last year and got absolutely just mop stuff through like the, a couple of their games just crushed and and I, I mean I guess they'll be improved. They return eight starters on defense they've they you know they've got Kyle Boland coming in who's a transfer from Louisville to play quarterback, which is of note. but I, I just I don't know this isn't a team that necessarily I look at their schedule and, and start picking out wins. Um you know they've got a washington sure loss to open the season, and then maybe they beat eastern Michigan, maybe they beat Morgan state
1: hey, maybe they don't beat <laughs> eastern Michigan, you no, know
0: no question yeah man. like that's not, that's not a given uh, that's not a given so i i don't know man. i i'm a their, hard total
1: yeah it's at three i'm a hard push, and that's like push to under at three
0: yeah so if if you're going if you're going over. Then you're assuming that they're going to beat Eastern Michigan, Morgan State, and uh, Illinois and Purdue, maybe. All right, so I guess it's possible if they're improved, they could get to four. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a I'm a push to I'm a push to under. I think I just they're, they're, I think the rest of the conference has improved, and I don't know enough about Rutgers to feel confident that they've improved.
1: Where do you um bef- before we get out on this? We were talking about sort of the Big Ten strength. Uh, as potentially the the best conference in college football this season has does the the recruiting help the entire conference when uh, you've got an Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State because those are three like name brands who like even Brady Hoke was getting some good recruits when they weren't able to get it done. Like, does playing in the Big Ten? means something like do you get any boost if you're dj durkin at maryland or if you're uh mike riley at nebraska and we actually talked about that nebraska has been doing some good work in california again and and seeing their recruiting sort of on the uptick a little bit like what what do you make from that is there is there a trickle down effect in the big 10 that you might see uh in the sec for example
0: absolutely do you remember the days of the big 10 when brett bielema was whining about Urban Meyer coming to the conference and and stealing recruits before signing day. Yes, I and did. Bielema was like, "We don't do that in this conference." I mean, how ridiculous is it that that was just you know not too long ago in the grand scheme of things, and now you got Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh and James Franklin absolutely setting this this breakneck pace in the conference recruiting. I think that's what helps the conference from recruiting standpoint as much as anything is that those guys set the pace everyone else has to then keep keep up and and also when you look at it this way too so Ohio State and Michigan in particular are recruiting at an absolute national scale so Michigan's they're, they're they had more of a uh, a um, state uh, dis what what's the word I'm looking for dispersion of, of commits last year than than just about anyone in the country they had guys from um, from American Samoa, from Texas, from Connecticut, from Rhode Island, everywhere. It looks
1: like Stanford or like an, like one of these super hyper-exclusive private schools or something like that.
0: Exactly, yeah. And then you have Ohio State who is, you know, they're getting guys from California, from South Florida, from Georgia. Um, they're, they're expanding their net to where they're absolutely recruiting everywhere. And what that does, when you've got the two biggest fish in the pond that are basically – um, looking elsewhere, then that opens up things for for Wisconsin and Michigan State and and Minnesota to win a couple Midwestern battles on guys that they may not have otherwise had a shot with because Michigan and Ohio State are in there on them. I mean, Penn State's in there too as well, like getting getting out to, to Georgia and Texas and, and places like that. So I think that that, as much as anything, helps the conference too because when you talk about the reason the SEC – is, is able to gather so much talent is because SEC is located where all the talent is. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, the Midwest is, is there's just fewer guys up there. And when there's, there's one or two less big fishermen in the pond, um, you know, that, that allows for a couple of those guys to, to stay home and, and, and head to an Indiana instead of a, a Michigan. So uh, to me, there, there's a lot of reasons why the Big Ten is, is healthy. And, and I think recruiting and, and the head coaches are, are probably as, as big a reason as any.
1: He is Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Make sure that you subscribe to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast so that you can get all the episodes first. They just pop up in your podcast section, ding, as soon as I hit publish uh, here at the Palatial Patterson Studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. So that's how you get ahead of everybody else. Uh, but follow us on Twitter, too. Another great way to find all the great content. Barton! Thank you so much, man. Great work. See you.